Hey everyone, welcome to This Can't Be Real, the podcast where we discuss the craziest stories we've come across. I'm Jackie, and this is my co-host Tess. Hey guys, welcome to The Listen this week. If you joined us last week, we had a very fun episode on people who called the cops on themselves, (laughs) and it actually turned into quite some other funny stories of underage drinking and just stupid kids. So if you missed it, please go back and listen. I know I have been thinking of multiple stories throughout the last week since we recorded of other ideas for this. Yeah, and I can't believe I forgot to mention this story, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell it now. So I played college volleyball, and the year before I graduated high school, the team I was going to soon play for had one night party just a little bit too hard and got the cops called on them, and they all got arrested for underage drinking. Oh, no. Which one would think is bad enough, but it gets worse, because apparently the next day, they had this huge tournament to go play in, so the coach had to go bail every one of them out of jail on her way to the tournament. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and they let them play still, though? Yeah, I'm not sure if it was just kind of kept hush-hush, <laughs> but from what I think I remember hearing... They didn't do too well. So did you go play for that team then? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how many fun underage parties did you join them in? <sighs> Quite a few. Because, true story again, I really didn't hang out with my college team too much when I first started. I didn't really drink at all. So I just wasn't interested in hanging out with them. But my coach had pulled me aside and had mentioned that it was brought to her attention that I don't join in the team bonding activities. (laughs) So I was basically told I needed to start drinking with my team. By my coach. (laughs) I was just about to ask if the coach knew that's what they considered bonding activities. Oh yeah, she knew. Isn't it lovely when the coaches are like, hey, we're going to pretend that we don't know this is happening, but we also know this is how you get in with the crowd, so go ahead and do it. I was like, I'm sorry, what? You want me to do what? I mean, okay, I guess. You're the coach. You're the coach. I'm not going to complain about it. (laughs) Here I go. I mean, I guess, I, you know, clearly you can trust her to come bail you out of jail if anything happens, so. Did the parents find out? Again, I probably doubt it. She was (laughs) one of the I'd like to be your friend more than a coach type person. Oof. Yeah. She didn't go party or drink with them. However, it was more of a friend mentality and a friend relationship than a coach player. Yeah, I don't like those coaches, mainly because my high school soccer coach was like that. But I was in the group that was not included on her favorites or her let's be friends. (laughs) She made it very obvious who her favorites were. Oh, I think most coaches did. I hated that. So. Unless I was a favorite, then I had no problem with it. So guys, if you want to hear more fun stories like that one. Um, Go back and give last week's episode a listen. If you have stories of your own, don't forget to always write in on any of our social media platforms or our email related to it. From our research, we found we could probably do another half a dozen stories, half a dozen episodes. Oh my gosh, we could make a series out of it. (laughs) But we decided to break it up because this week we're going to shift gears a little bit and our focus is going to be animals and drugs. (laughs) And this came to me... I'm going to start with my story this week. This came to me and I remember this article so distinctly because it was such a topic of discussion throughout my work of 
Alabama man accused of feeding meth to a squirrel arrested. The article, this one, it was all over. It was on CNN, it was on ABC, it was on CBS. This article specifically is from CBS. It was from 2019. It says an Alabama man who authorities had kept a meth-fueled attack squirrel in his apartment was arrested Thursday on multiple felony warrants unrelated to the squirrel. Huh. (laughs) I mean... Attack like an attack squirrel sounds so terrifying. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been bit by a squirrel or a chipmunk or even just seen a squirrel or a chipmunk bike bite. Those things are nasty. I've never seen one. However, I would probably have one because I'd be like, oh my gosh, a squirrel, it's so cute. Come here. And then I would have my my own squirrel bite. No, I worked summer activities at a local ski resort here in Utah, and there were signs everywhere of don't feed the squirrels, don't feed the pot guts. And on some of the warning posters, they legitimately had pictures of people's fingers and hands being like torn open by these bites. <laughs> yeah, I'm the person those signs are for, but I'm also the person who ignores those signs. Because <laughs> on our honeymoon, we went to Mexico, went to a wonderful resort, and they had coates there, which are kind of like raccoons, but just a little bit different. You're not supposed to feed them. And I technically hadn't seen the sign yet when I hand-fed the coati some toast. The the defensiveness and that, that I technically... So you hadn't seen the sign yourself, but were you told? Yes, I was told many times. <laughs> In my defense, it was so cute and it was so sweet. And you know what? It took the toast out of my hand so gently, I almost stuffed it in my bag. Until you need a rabies shot in Mexico. Yeah. I mean, that was on my mind, (laughs) but the cuteness just outweighed it. Oh, jeez. It was okay. It was fine. Back to the story. (laughs) So yeah, so back to the story, though. An Alabama man who authorities said kept a meth-fueled attack squirrel in his apartment was arrested Thursday on multiple felony warrants unrelated to the squirrel. Narcotics investigators found... Mickey Polk, 35, while they were conducting surveillance at a hotel in Killen, according to Limestone County Sheriff's Office. Polk was arrested after he fled on a stolen motorcycle and rammed into the investigator's vehicle. He's wanted for possession of illegal firearms, controlled substance, and paraphernalia. Investigators in Athens, Alabama, searched Polk's home last week after getting a tip. The man was keeping a methamphetamine-fueled attack squirrel at the residence. Narcotics investigators arrested one man and are looking for another after they executed this search warrant Monday that yielded meth, drug paraphernalia, body armor, and yes, a squirrel. I mean, did he need the body armor to protect him from his methed up attack squirrel? Or was that a separate thing too? (laughs) Um, I don't think so. Spain has a lot going on. I'm very interested in it. (laughs) Polk uploaded a video on Facebook after the raid from the apartment with the squirrel. He acknowledged that the squirrel is aggressive and had bitten people, but denied that the rodent was trained to attack. He's not trained to attack. He just happens to also do it on command. The public isn't in danger from the meth out squirrel in the neighborhood, Polk said with a chuckle. He's not on meth, I'm pretty sure. Better not find out he's on meth anyway. I don't think he likes that stuff. Huh. So he's pretty sure... And also, he doesn't like it. Yes. The guy that was arrested posted and said on Facebook that he had been bottle feeding this little animal since it was hours old, raising it like it was his own. Authorities said there was no safe way to test the squirrel for methamphetamine. What about a urine sample? How do you get a urine sample from a squirrel? Just watch it. (laughs) Just watch it. Hope there's enough to test it. Well, when I had one of my cats was sick before she passed away from kidney failure, RIP, she was the sweetest. Our vet wanted us 
to bring in a urine sample. So we got these like little crystal things that we put in a litter box. It would act like a litter, but it wouldn't absorb it. So they could have done that. I mean, I'm just saying. I guess so. I I feel like cats put off more urine than squirrels, but I don't know. I'm not a vet. So yeah, so this article caught my eye when we were talking about themes for the episode. And it, we laughed about it so hard. Did nobody call the cops or animal control when they were bitten by a squirrel who may or may not have been on meth? I mean, if you were around a squirrel that may or may not have been on meth, does that imply that maybe you may or may not have been on meth? If you were in the home where methamphetamine and body armor and stuff was found? No, I mean, if the squirrel got outside and bit like a neighbor or something. The article does not say. It just says that people have been bitten by it before, but it doesn't say if it's innocent bystanders or other substance users or criminals that came into the home. So, well, hopefully they got that squirrel into a nice rehab and it's doing well. (laughs) Yeah, poor little squirrel. I mean, and most people wouldn't be able to tell if an animal's on meth. I can only guess. I'd, I wouldn't be able to tell. I did find another article that stated that this gentleman was also pending potential animal abuse charges because of the squirrel. So. Yeah, I can see that. Hopefully they'll stick. Hopefully. We will see. We need better laws protecting animals in this country. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I can concur. But I also don't want to get into a big political conversation. True. But yeah. Meth squirrels. They're nuts. Pun intended. (laughs) I was just about to say, oh, that was (laughs) such a dad joke. Such a dad joke. I got no shame in my pun game. Oh, geez. So listeners, please be ready for that. It's coming at you. Oh, geez. Oh. Okay, so found this article, like I said, made me laugh so hard with a bunch of my coworkers. It was one of those rare ones that I actually posted it on Facebook because it made me laugh so hard. And... As in one of the reasons why we love social media, one of my friends responded with a follow-up article posted within the same week about Tennessee police warn of meth gators, hyped up ducks in Alabama, created by flush drugs. (laughs) If you'd stop raiding people's houses, they'd quit flushing drugs. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) So that was the response to it. And I, I just love it because it says... It even starts, this article is from WAAY31ABC. I found articles also on CNN and CBS and Fox and all these other news outlets as well. And it even says, just when you thought talk of the Limestone County attack squirrel legend was over, it's not. The Loretto, Tennessee Police Department on Saturday posted about a drug arrest on Facebook page. The department says the suspect tried to flush methamphetamine and drug paraphernalia down the toilet. He was unsuccessful, though. But then came a warning from the police about doing that. When you send something down at the sewer pipe, it ends up in our retention ponds for processing before it is sent downstream, the post said. Ducks, geese, and other fowl frequent our treatment ponds, and we shudder to think what one of these hyped up on meth would do. Furthermore, if it made it far enough, we could create meth gators in Shoal Creek and the Tennessee River down in North Alabama. I will say, geese are already pretty mean. I don't think we need them mean and messed up. Oh, yeah. And their final statement was, they've had enough messed up animals the past few weeks without our help. I mean, is I'm going to need some more explaining. What? <laughs> well, so they, re- they said that they've had enough messed up animals in and of itself, referencing to my first story about the attack squirrel. So this was the follow-up. The overall story, the police department doesn't have its post set to be shared. But in its entirety, it explained 
more in-depth of everything that was trying to be flushed, including 12 grams of methamphetamine, 24 fluid ounces of liquid meth, and several items of paraphernalia. So they tried to flush actual objects? Yes, they were. Okay. I mean, you can't do that. (laughs) No. This article does have the more in-depth description of the Facebook post, where it talks about how... When you send something down the sewer pipe, it ends up in the retention ponds for processing, and that the sewer guys take great pride in releasing water that is cleaner than what is in the creek, but they're really not prepared for methamphetamine. So I feel like that was kind of a jab towards the county water workers and the sewer guys. Ooh, shots fired. Can't be, can't be throwing jabs. I love that they ended it with, so if you need to dispose of your drugs, just give us a call and we will make sure they are disposed of in the proper way. Mind you, that's the police department. Oh, I hear they'll also check your drugs for you, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, make sure you're, you know, you're getting a good quality. This does make me wonder on, like, state laws or is it county laws or federal laws. If you legitimately call somebody and say, hey, I have substances or drugs that I want to dispose of, can you do that without getting charges? I would, personally, if that was me, which, I mean, and I don't do drugs, so I don't have to worry about it, but what I would do, put something over my license plates. Drive by the police department and just, with a gloved hand, because you don't want fingerprints on things, toss that bag. They don't need to know where it came from. I mean, I remember when I worked at a day program for teenagers, and sadly, one of the parks that we would walk down to with our kids, often we would find pipes, needles, paraphernalia. And I remember once that we called the cops on it, and our one of our staff members had gone and grabbed gloves and picked it up and put it in a bag... And they had advised us, if you ever find substances like that, do not touch them. The second you touch them, you are then taking possession of those substances, and you could potentially be charged with the possession of a substance. Ooh, yeah, and you don't want that either. No. And that reminds me, I live in St. Louis now, and I used to live in the downtown area. And when I would take my dog on walks, we'd walk around in the parks and stuff, always on sidewalks, but it wouldn't be out of the ordinary to stumble across a needle or two. Oh no, not at all. I mean, obviously did not touch them, but I mean, one, don't do drugs. Two, please pick up after yourselves. Because I mean, you don't know if a child's going to walk up and touch that or an animal. And three, don't flush your drugs because you will create meth gators. (laughs) Nobody wants meth gators. I don't, I can't imagine any animal being pleasant on methamphetamine. Maybe a penguin. Oh, I feel like those would be so angry. I can just see them waddling towards you, trying to peck at you and hurt you. (laughs) So I loved this. So as a follow-up, so this originally was posted between like July 13th, July 15th is when the Meth Gators, this was 2019, July 15th, the story of the Meth Gators, it went worldwide. It was literally so popular that this police department felt the need to then do a follow-up on July 23rd. So about a week later... And this article, and this was from ABC News, says Tennessee Police Department clarifies that meth gators are not real after warning residents not to flush drugs. Hmm. The police department used humor in its post to get the point across. And so I had to read this because I was like, really? You made it eight days? I think they were just so sick of being made fun of. Oh, yeah. Because it says... A Tennessee police department that warned residents about possible after effects of flushing their drugs down the toilet is now clarifying that meth gators do not exist 
at this time. I like that they put at this time on there. So they're still standing the ground that it could possibly happen. I mean, I think it most likely could. And I also think they were getting ridiculed. And they were just trying to be like, we were just joking, guys. Come on, take a joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it says that they they played it off as they were referencing the meth squirrel as a joke with the comment of they've had enough meth up animals the past few weeks without our help. And then it says, after the initial post was picked up by media outlets around the world, police felt the need to make it clear that meth gators are not real. We've had to explain that to our cousins across the pond twice, the post read. Last week, Loretto Police Chief Bobby Joe Killen, of course the police chief in Tennessee is named Bobby Joe. Good old Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe Killen told ABC News that there have been no reports of wildlife affected by drugs in the area. As far as I know, there are no methed up gators being sighted anywhere, Killian said. It's just a joke to let people know they don't need to be flushing their drugs of any kind down the sewer system. They need to dispose of it in a proper manner. And of course there's no report of it. Who in the hell is going to go chasing around a gator to see if it's on meth? No, when you see a gator, you go the opposite direction. Yeah, no thanks. Hard no. No thanks at all. The police department often adds jokes to its public service announcements to help get the point across, Killian said, adding that he approves of all the posts before they are published. We take our job seriously, but we like to joke amongst ourselves at the department, he said. When you work eight, ten-hour shifts in our line of work, there are times when we like to laugh a little bit. Otherwise, you take your problems home. I mean, I completely understand needing to laugh and joke around, but if you're going to make a serious public announcement, probably best not to form it in a joke. I don't know. I like, I do like this follow-up. It says, the police department is using its newfound fame to raise money for a local charity that supports children affected by drug use by creating and selling shirts and other apparel featuring quotes from its funniest social media post. So, I mean, publicity? (laughs) Get that 15 minutes. There is the part of me, though. There has to be meth gators out there somewhere. Definitely. And if not from the water, probably from the person who feeds it meth. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it. Our sewer systems are so messed up. Well, not even our sewer systems. Just people dumping. People's lack of care for Mother Nature. Mm, Yeah. And their feelings that they can just throw whatever they want out. They don't care. Yeah. And what if somebody, you know, was sitting out doing meth, whatever drugs, got high, forgot that it was there, left it, and the animal ate it? Yeah. So thank you to everybody that cleans up after yourselves and to those who take care of these animals that have been harmed by people littering. I just want to put that out there as a complete side note. Yeah, I I know how a lot of people like to do vigils with balloon releases. I completely understand and I love the thought and the love behind it. But don't forget, those balloons are going to land somewhere. So I always like the thought of doing like a lantern. Yeah. Where you light the lantern and then it floats up in the air. Or if you did not know, you can now buy biodegradable balloons. Oh, nice. For those moments. Side note. Sorry, guys. A little bit off topic there, but. (laughs) (sighs) So, yeah, that story kind of brings me to my story of meth-addicted trout. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. So so we don't have gators, but we do have trout. Yeah. Apparently, gators are big anti-meth, but trout are not. Please do share this lovely story because I am so intrigued. Yeah, there's so many different articles I could choose from about this. And this article is from CNN from July 6th of 2021. So it's super recent. Oh, yeah. So over in so at Czech University of Life Sciences in Prague, they did a research study to see what would happen to 60 trout 
that were in a tank spiked with methamphetamines for eight weeks. Oh, so this isn't just like a, oh, hey, somebody found meth in a trout. Like, this was an actual science experiment. Yes. Ooh, please continue. I love research-backed things, guys. That's, uh, that's one thing you'll learn about me. I love research-backed information. So it starts in the beginning saying human drug use can spill over into streams and rivers because chemicals pass through wastewater systems that weren't designed to extract them. So there probably could be meth gators. So exactly what we just talked about that they tried to say didn't happen. This was Prague's classy, classy response to America. <laughs> just saying. Oh my goodness. Yeah, probably. I was like, oh, okay, you know, we're actually going to do some research instead of just saying, just kidding, guys. Yeah, so for eight weeks, the researchers held 60 trout in a tank spiked with methamphetamine at a concentration of one microgram per liter and 60 control trout in a meth-free tank. Okay, so they have the variable in the control. Yep, so the fish were then placed in a tank containing two separate streams of water, one with methamphetamine and one without, between which they could swim freely. Trout that had spent two months swimming in meth-spiked water were found on the meth side in 50.5% of observations, compared to only the 41.5% from the control trout. Interesting. Yeah, so this was interpreted as a sign of addiction. So wait, so if I understood it right, so they let them swim in some meth-infested waters and then some non-meth-infested waters, and then they let them choose what type of waters they swam in after? Yeah, so for the two months, they had a 60 in the meth water, 60 in non-meth water, and then I guess they must have had a channel going between the two and just let the fish choose which side they wanted to be in. Yeah, so the trout that had spent eight weeks in water containing the methamphetamine selected water containing the drugs in the four days after moving to the freshwater. This indicates that they were suffering withdrawal because they sought out the drug when it became available. Ooh, gotcha. As you do. I guess I could have just held off my question and let you keep reading. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. They also found that the addicted fish were less active than those that had never been exposed to methamphetamine. And they found traces of the drug in their brains up to 10 days after the exposure. So they concluded that even... Low levels of illicit drugs in bodies of water can affect animals that live in them. Hmm. Drugs excreted from users pass through sewage systems and then discharge from waterways treatment plants, which are not designed to treat this kind of contamination into waterways. So it's saying, so it goes off my story that if you flush it, but it also said from users. So if someone decided to like just... Maybe relieve themselves. There you go. I was going to use the bathroom, but yeah, relieve themselves into a body of water. It can directly affect the animals. Yeah, I mean, I, it seems so. And I'm not sure how many water waste treatment plants are actually designed to extract the drugs from the water. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say, this triggers my like scientific nerdy brain. Where part of me now wants to go research how many water plants are testing for drugs and substances. Do they test water before it gets released to us in the community? Like, Yeah, that kind of makes me wonder the same thing also. But that's for another podcast or if you guys work for a sewage system or a water treatment plant, please let us know. Please answer some of these questions if you have the knowledge to do it. Yeah, because, I mean, man, that would be terrible if you're accidentally drinking meth water. I feel like they have to, though. That's my hope. When we get warnings of, oh, high lead content in the water or high this in the water or high that in the water, that we get like the boil warnings. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Interesting. 
But either way, you can have meth trout now. If you would like. It says fish are sensitive to adverse effects of many neurologically active drugs from alcohol to cocaine and can develop the drug addiction related to a dopamine reward pathway in a similar manner as humans. Okay. Yeah. I understand this a lot because of my schooling and education. Listeners, I don't know if you remember, I mentioned last week that I am a therapist, a mental health therapist, so substance use and such and brain chemicals and all of that is a part of my knowledge. So it totally makes sense. Brains work similar in the same ways. So yes, you can have drug-addicted fish. Still think I would choose an attack squirrel over an attack trout, though. Yeah. I don't think a trout's going to do too terribly much unless you go into the body of water. Ooh, what if you could build a... Oh, what are those called? What What was around castles? A moat. A moat? Yes. Ha! You could have a moat with attack trout and meth gators. Be quite the moat. Really keep those people out. <laughs> yeah, and they go on to say that they raise concerns that drug addiction could make fish spend more time around water treatment discharges, which are unhealthy for them, in order to get another hit. So even fish are chasing the high weird like it totally makes sense but it's funny that somebody that they actually did the experiment on it and apparently such effects could change the functioning of the whole ecosystem as adverse consequences are of relevance at the individual as well as population levels drug cravings could prove more powerful than natural rewards like foraging or mating interesting i mean like i said a lot of this makes sense because it, it just is interesting to see that it affects the fish in the same way that it would affect the humans. Yeah. The fish were later euthanized and their brain tissues were analyzed. Okay. So sorry, guys, if you are against animal testing for scientific measures. Yeah. But. Should have put a trigger warning for that. I would love to talk to the researchers and be like, so was this triggered by the meth squirrel and the meth gators from America? Your younger dumb cousins over here? I hope so. <laughs> They were just sitting over there like, wrong. We will prove you wrong. Oh, you're going to try and retract your statement and just say JK? Wrong. You can't just say JK to meth gators. Well, I mean, and I'm glad that you mentioned this because through my research, I've actually found that there are animals that will intentionally get high, though. Oh, yeah. I remember my husband told me a story of a moose in Alaska. Well... Not just Alaska, and also Sweden and Norway. They eat the fermented apples from, like, apple farms. Mm -hmm. And he gets them drunk, because there's alcohol and ethanol in it. And then they go wandering down the streets. <laughs> there was one famous Alaska moose named Bullwinkle in Anchorage that loved to wander around. And one of his most famous moments was when he pulled down a string of Christmas lights on himself. And the cops just decided to let him sleep it off in the courtyard that he was in. <laughs> Well, good for them for not arresting him. He meant no harm. I mean, moose are one of the most dangerous animals in North America, so I don't blame them for not wanting to try and approach the drunk moose. Can't blame them, no. Yeah, and my cat, Lucky, loves him some catnip. Do they consider that a drug for cats, though? Yes, it is kitty pot. Nice. Because I've seen articles lately that Bush Beer released a dog beer. Yeah. But I don't think it has any alcohol in it. And of course, Mormon old Utah was very upset because now we're not only encouraging our youth to drink, we're encouraging our animals, which then encourages our youth. Oh, get off it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, also, there is cat wine too, which I believe is laced with catnip. Oh, gotcha. You're never drinking alone when you're drinking with your pet. I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah. So I actually looked up articles to try and find 
animals that do get high on purpose. I found that the wallabies in Tasmania have been seen falling around and hopping in circles apparently high after feeding the local poppy fields. And for those of you that don't know, poppy creates opium and creates all sorts of different drugs. But only one style poppy flower. Yes. And there's deer who like eating psychedelic mushrooms. I've heard of this. I've heard of the ones up in Siberia because they make jokes about them getting high and trying to go be, on, go be a part of Rudolph's team. Yeah, like after passing through the deer system, the psychoactive agents of the fungi are actively more potent and many of the chemicals that cause undesirable side effects have been filtered out. So I guess, you know, if you're looking to get high on mushrooms and you see a deer that seems high on mushrooms, follow that deer. Oof. Maybe. Follow with caution. Like, keep a safe distance, definitely. Speaking of safe distance, and guys, this one is coming from Australia Geographic that I found a lot of this information on. It talks about elephants in the marula tree. It's long been believed that African elephants got drunk off fermenting fruit in the marula tree. In 1974, a documentary, Animals Are Beautiful People, showed the three-ton animals swaying and falling over after binging on the fruit. But a 2004 study by biologists from the University of Bristol argued that while elephants clearly have a soft spot for alcohol, it is unlikely that the marula tree was potent enough to make them drunk. It actually said that in India, herds of drunken elephants have trampled people to death after binging locally produced vats of rice beer. Oh. <laughs> so the researchers did suggest that another intoxicant associated with the tree could be making the elephants tipsy just not raging drunks. Well, kind of going opposite of that, cows love grazing on loco weed. What? Cows, sheep, horses, they'll seek out a plant called loco weed. And unlike the drunk elephants, this plant acts like a tranquilizer, putting the animals into a stupor of calmness. I need some of this loco weed. Right? Just hanging out with some cows. Just chilling. Grazing on some loco weed. Sounds awesome to me. Typical Tuesday. <laughs> Well, and it sounds like all these articles, a big piece of it is that these these animals seek out the fermented fruit. Yeah, some animals, it is their full intention is to get high and or drunk. The one that I hear the most often is monkeys. And I actually have a personal story around this one. As my family, we traveled a ton growing up because my dad worked for Delta Airlines. And we went to South Africa. And literally, a individual's job down there at the Cape of Good Hope, which is the southernmost point of South Africa and very, very big tourist destination. It was their job to walk around the parking lot with a slingshot to keep the baboons out of the tour buses and the vans and the vehicles. (laughs) These jackass monkeys would go get into the cars and the vans and steal food, steal chocolate, they would steal alcohol, they would go through all your shit. Like... Apparently, it was literally the monkeys off of Tarzan when they trashed the camp in the Disney movie, and they would do that in cars. Could you imagine coming back from vacation and someone being like, oh my gosh, how was it? I bet it was so great. And you're like, actually, I got robbed. What? By who? Baboons. Fucking baboon. <laughs> Wait, what? God, goddamn monkey. Yeah, apparently, uh, you know, we were out just doing touristy shit and uh, just got robbed by a gang of baboons. Literally, what are you going to do? I mean, I'm not going to find a baboon. No. I'll be like, you know what? You probably need it more. Do you need my passport too? Okay, great. Those things are nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, sir, can I get my passport back? I really need that. Thank you. Yeah, no, I would not want to come face to face with a baboon. No. 
So yeah, apparently even though humans suck, sure, sure. if they intentionally are feeding drugs to animals, if they are making meth up attack squirrels, or if you're dumping your drugs into lakes knowing that it can affect animals now, please don't. But also be aware, animals, if they want to get high and drunk, they will do it on their own damn accord. That's what I've learned through all this research. They sure will. And some animals like to get high off other animals. What? Yet dolphins have been observed on multiple occasions carrying puffer fish in their mouths. And they like to squeeze them and hit them because they will release a small burst of neurotoxins, which puts the dolphins into a trance-like state. Oh, I kind of feel bad for the little puffer fish. I know, this poor guy's like, come on guys, I'm just trying to swim around. And they're, they're just carrying it and booping it with their noses back and forth between each other. <laughs> After chewing the puffer and gently passing it around, they begin acting most peculiar, hanging around with their noses at the surface as if fascinated by their own reflection. They will specifically go for the puffers and deliberately handle them with care. They seem to be experts on how to prepare puffers and how to handle them. So, I mean, hey, at least the dolphins aren't abusing them. They're just playing around. They're playing around and they're gentle. Just having a little fun. I giggled when you mentioned, like, fascinated by their own reflections. I have a big-ass, 100-pound German Shepherd who is the most teddy bear of a dog. He doesn't bark at anything. And we hung up a new mirror in our bedroom, and he most recently found his own reflection. And I caught himself staring at himself in the mirror the other day. Because he's a handsome boy. Because he was so confused. Sorry, that just random side note. No, he wasn't high. He wasn't on drugs. (laughs) He gets tons of treats. But he just sat there and stared at himself for a solid, I would say, like two minutes. I just sat there on my bed watching him. Lucky discovered his shadow the other day. Oh, very fun. And it was so cute. He was just staring like, the fuck is that? And when it would move, he would look and, you know, it's kind of going between him and his shadow. So animals are fun. This also brought back, and I don't know if you ever watched The Simpsons. And so listeners, if you remember this episode, when The Simpsons went to some island and Homer was sitting there licking toads for the high. And I was like, what in the world? I remember like thinking, huh, that's something that people can do. So it makes me wonder if that's actually a thing too. I think I've seen that happening in, like, TV shows or something, but I'm not sure if that's an actual thing. It apparently is. I have Google searched as we're typing, and it says, Licking toads will not give you warts or produce a fairy prince, but it might get you high. The cane toad, which can grow the size of a dinner plate, produces a toxin called bufotenin, B-U-F-O-T-E-N-I-N-E, which the toad secretes to ward off predators. When licked raw or cooked, the toxin acts as a hallucinogen. So he's trying to ward off predators, but these predators are like, yeah, we like this. We're going to keep doing this. (laughs) You are not doing what you think you're doing. So it's like the pufferfish, though. Yeah. It's not going to make them eat them, though. So it's still a way of warding off the predators, though, because it's not killing them. Just making them a little friend. Things that we learn, guys. I just learned something very new as we're recording this podcast. You learn something new every day. And on that note, guys, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the stories that we shared today. Um, that you maybe learned something new or maybe it sparked some really fun stories of your own of seeing animals get high or intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah, I mean, if this reminds you of a story that you heard a while back, send it in. We want to hear about it. We'll read it on air on on a future episode. Yeah, or send in your own personal stories like... If you licked a toad. Or if your cat 
accidentally found your stash of catnip that you were hiding from them and you came home to a very, very messed up animal. It's very high cat, just eyes wide open. One of my friends in college had something similar like that happen where she had given him her cat a little bit of catnip, her boyfriend had given them a little bit of catnip, and then her roommate did as well because nobody communicated about who gave who catnip. And so this cat got a triple dose of her regular catnip. And she was so confused as to why their cat was acting a certain way. My cat did that. It was that cheap catnip that comes with their scratch boards. We have a lot better quality catnip that we prefer to give to them. But Lucky had decided to go on his own little scavenger hunt and found it. He was a very, very high kitty. Very chill. Very high. (laughs) That's awesome, though. Like, that's something you walk down and you see and you're like, yeah, that's catnip right there. I know it caused that. You're cut off. (laughs) So I guess overall moral of the story got moral of the stories this week. If you do drugs, please do them responsibly. Do not flush them down the toilet. You can actually dispose of them safely. I forgot to mention one of the articles did state that that also included prescription medications. Yeah, no, you can surrender prescription medications. You can actually dispose of them safely. Any police department you can take prescription meds to. Any pharmacy you can surrender prescription meds to. Hospitals. And then you can also research locally that there's sometimes other drop-off centers. But I know for sure those three are safe. Which, coming from a a serious point, please do that, guys. (laughs) It is very, very much an issue to have this type of stuff either in our water systems, in our kids' systems, in the community. Just be safe. Absolutely. And a lot of animal rescue places will also take any unused pet medications that you guys have that you no longer need. Oh, I did not know about the pet medications. Yeah, we didn't think they could do it. But after our cat Susie passed, we still had some of her medications and the bottles were open. So I didn't think they'd take them. But we called them up and they're like, yeah, we'll take whatever you guys got. Gotcha. And also from what we learned in this podcast, if you see drugs, don't touch them. Don't pick them up because then they're yours. I mean, unless you want them, then pick them up. (laughs) You can be held responsible if the cop's a douchebag. If you have fermented fruit laying around in your yard, you might want to clean it up because you could be attracting some animals that want to get drunk and cause some havoc around you. Yeah, because you don't you don't know what kind of drunks they're going to be. They may not be the drunks you want to hang around with. I think it would depend on the animal. I feel like a bear would probably be less chill to drink with. The type of bear? Because you said bear and I automatically went between yogi bear and poo bear. Oh, I was just doing <laughs> grizzly black bears. I bet a raccoon would be pretty chill to drink with. Ooh, I feel like that would be... (laughs) Ooh, no. Raccoons are terrible and scary. When I was younger, we had like a pet wild raccoon. Every night it would come up to the front door and then we'd feed it. I lived in a country, so... (laughs) See, so your your parents encouraged the feeding the squirrels, feeding the animals on the side and say, do not feed the animals. Well, no, my mom was, you know, do with caution. I'm an animal lover, so I mean, I'm going to do it no matter what. Do it with caution. Do it smartly. But I'm going to do it cautiously. I'm going to like set the food down and walk away usually. I'm not going to just try to hand feed a potentially methed up squirrel. Well, there you go then. Okay, guys. So hope you enjoyed the episode. Listen to last week's if you missed it. Stay tuned for next week's. We will be coming at you with another fun round of stories. Remember, we do have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Jackie could see me struggling <laughs> to say TikTok. I love TikTok. We also have our email at 
this can't be real pod at gmail.com that you can send stories into or even suggestions for a theme for the week. We will take those openly as well. Yes, send us your stories, send us your links, send us your ideas. We want to hear about them all. We want to read them on air in future episodes. So let us know. We love doing the research of these funny story guys. So on that note, have a good rest of your week and we will talk to you next week, guys. Have a good one. All right. Bye. If you have any questions, recommendations, or crazy stories of your own you'd like to share, you can email us at thiscan'tberealpod at gmail.com. T-H-I-S-C-A-N-T-B-E-R-E-A-L-P-O-D at gmail.com.